Hi, it's Bonnie with you today and thanks for listening to The Leader. This is where we bring you all the latest news, interviews and analysis from the Evening Standards newsroom every day at 4pm. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss out. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm Bonnie Christian. In a world first, volunteers in London are to be deliberately infected with COVID-19. We can follow them up all the way through the infection and as they recover, we have a really detailed understanding of what happens to their immune responses. The study's lead researcher, Dr Chris Chu, says it's hoped this will help speed up development of a vaccine. And the travel industry are nervous, but I mean, this is this is a start. Travel journalist Lisa Francesca Nand says coronavirus testing that's begun at Heathrow isn't yet a silver bullet for a struggling travel industry. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is The Leader. In a moment, why volunteers are set to be deliberately infected with COVID-19. This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharmadine Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. In January, up to 90 volunteers in London could be deliberately injected through the nose with COVID-19. For two and a half weeks, they'll be kept at Royal Free Hospital for a world-first so-called human challenge study for coronavirus. If it goes ahead from May, researchers will start testing the efficacy of vaccines. Dr Chris Chu from the Department of Infectious Disease and the study's lead researcher joins me. Dr Chu, what exactly is a human challenge study? Volunteers are deliberately inoculated with a virus or a bacterium and the aim of these is to cause an infection um, in some of the volunteers and then to uh, look at how the infection progresses and understand uh, what aspects of the immune system, the person's response, um, change the infection. And using that you can also build in 
vaccination. So if you vaccinate a group of people um, and then compare them with a group of unvaccinated people, um, when you challenge them with the virus or bacterium, the vaccinated people, if the vaccine works, should have less infection. With the COVID-19 virus, are there any particular challenges it poses? Well, I think the, the major challenge is the fact that it's such a new disease, and a new infection. So what we don't have is information about the long-term potential symptoms that are associated with COVID-19. Having said that, though, we do know that certain populations, certain groups of people are, are at very low risk of getting severe disease um, or severe outcomes, and that mainly is young people. We're very confident that if we restrict, at least for the first study, the entry of volunteers to 18 to 30-year-olds, then the likelihood of perhaps even symptoms is, is going to be very low. So what does the first stage of the study involve? The very first study is to characterise the virus, which has been made to very high medicine standard cleanliness and quality. And at the moment, we don't know how much of that virus we need to give to people to, to cause an infection. So what we're doing in the first study is just starting with a very tiny amount of virus, giving it to small groups of volunteers uh, into their noses and seeing whether that causes infection. We may need to gradually creep up and give more virus to get to that a reproducible level of infection. At that point, uh, we would then start thinking about testing vaccines. Who will get these doses of the COVID-19 vaccine and under what conditions? We're doing everything we can to make this as safe as possible for anybody who ends up volunteering for this study. And so the ways that we do that are first by selecting people that we know are going to be at the least risk of developing more severe COVID disease. Um, mainly that's in terms of age. So uh, as I said, 18 to 30 year olds, we know from studies of natural infection are at extremely low risk of getting severe disease. Um, and then within that age group, we're also going to be screening people and making sure they don't have any other medical problems which might put them at higher risks. And then we would also be doing a lot of blood tests, uh, x-rays and so on to make sure that there is nothing else that they were unaware of that might make them more at risk of more severe disease. The hope that this will speed up the vaccine is the headline today, but will it also help with answering the other big questions around why some people get the virus worse than others or how long people develop antibodies for? Yeah, absolutely. So that's the other real strength of, of human challenge studies that because we know about people's immune status and immune responses before they get infected with the virus, and then we can follow them up all the way through the, the infection and as they recover, we have a really detailed understanding of what happens to their immune responses, to their uh, reaction to the infection. And the aim will be to, even from this very first study, start to, to investigate some of those and look for the factors which may predispose some people to, to getting infected, whereas, whereas other people might be more resistant to disease. And there are also plans to look at the duration of immunity um, and, and how long those immune responses last for. In terms of vaccine development, will this speed things up in terms of rolling one out? The challenge studies can speed that up, that efficacy testing process, because by the end of this first study, we'll know what proportion of people get infected when you challenge them with the virus. And that is usually 
going to be 60 or 70% of the participants. And that means you don't have to rely on people randomly encountering the virus in the community. You know that 60% or more of your group are going to get infected. And that means that you can test efficacy using maybe only 100 people or maybe up, up to 200 people compared with tens of thousands in the field trials. And if you do that early in the process, um, a vaccine which doesn't seem to give you any protection at all, you could decide not to not to progress with um, and prioritise vaccines which do seem to give you some protection at that early stage. Next. It's not necessarily the silver bullet that airlines are hoping for because it's very, very niche at the moment. Coronavirus testing begins at Heathrow. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Heathrow Airport has begun offering a rapid coronavirus test to travellers flying to a limited number of destinations. Known as the LAMP test, the saliva swab will be taken before check-in at a cost of £80 and a result given 20 minutes later. It means passengers can enter those countries without lengthy quarantine. Our editorial column says this is a small but welcome step for a grounded airline industry. While Heathrow should be congratulated for its efforts to find ways to help us fly again, the government, by contrast, has been far too slow and still isn't doing enough. Getting our travel industry back on its feet is critical for our future economic and mental well-being, and it's part of learning to live with a virus. That's why it's so disappointing that ministers haven't done more to get airport testing running. Agreed air corridors with many more countries are needed too. So while we welcome today's advance, the government must stop dithering and get airport testing sorted so we can all start flying again. Transport Secretary Grant Shapps has refused to authorise the use of tests at airports on return from trips abroad, arguing that they are not effective in identifying passengers infected with the virus. But travel bosses have called for it to be extended to other major destinations as quickly as possible. Travel journalist Lisa Francesca Nand joins me. 
Lisa, could this be the silver bullet airlines are hoping for? It's not necessarily the silver bullet that airlines are hoping for because it's very, very niche at the moment. These one-hour tests have begun at Heathrow today and it's important to note that they are for people who are leaving the country not coming back into the country. So at the moment, they're only going to benefit Hong Kong. Um, Italy has been talked about, but in some circles I'm hearing it's just Hong Kong at the moment. So they're going to benefit the very small amount of people that want to go to Hong Kong for business. When people come back, unfortunately, we don't have a test system in place at the moment, so it's not going to affect the 14-day quarantine. And we think that the 14-day quarantine is what, what is really killing the travel industry at the moment. What is it about travellers to Hong Kong and potentially Italy that means they get the test? Well, it's all about their restrictions at their end. If you're going to land in a country, and there are other countries, so presumably this might be rolled out to more countries, that have a a specification that they need to test on arrival, this will help with them. It's a, a voluntary thing, and also you have to pay for it yourself, which is very interesting. And I think a little bit frustrating for many passengers um, in the, when they're, they're talking about the, the testing when it rolls out on a wide, wider basis, which fingers crossed it will do, uh, you will also have to pay for it yourself. And it seems absolutely ridiculous that we are testing all over the country for free because we want to test as many people as possible. And we cannot test for free at the airports when it's there's a case of hundreds of thousands of jobs and livelihoods being put at risk by this quarantine that we have at the moment. So it'll cost around £80. Are people saying that this is a prohibitive cost? It's not a prohibitive cost if you're going to be one of these people travelling to Hong Kong. It's very likely at the moment if you are going to do that, it's business or family. It's probably not going to be... There's very small numbers of people that are just going to go to Hong Kong for a random holiday at the moment. So 80 quid on top of a ticket to Hong Kong, not too bad. £80 per person on top of your two-week holiday to the Costa del Sol, prohibitively expensive. So it does seem ridiculous to make travellers pay for this themselves. You know, like I said, we are testing all over the country at the moment. We want to test people. We want to see what numbers, uh, what the numbers look like. And also, obviously, to prevent the, the spread of infection. So why not include that on the NHS? Why charge people when it's going to serve to mean that the numbers of people travelling are really, really minimum? And how does this test compare to the others that are available? There's there's airport testing in a lot of other countries and it's working well. Everyone has their own way of doing it and their own specifications. Some people test on arrival, some people want a certificate, people want all sorts of things. And I think the government at the moment, they've got this global travel task force that they're getting together, that is already uh, together and already considering what are our options. What we in the travel industry would like is to cut the quarantine to well to a minimum if possible um, by providing these tests like they're doing in other countries but um, at the moment Grant Shapps the transport minister he told the travel industry a couple of days ago that there should be something in place by the 1st of December to help reduce quarantine but it's likely only to be seven days um, reduced down to seven days not 14 days. What's been the reaction from industry leaders what are they saying? Everyone's panicking, honestly. You know, this is that we have hundreds of thousands of jobs at stake in the travel industry. There's a very real possibility that massive airlines, companies, hotels, 
organizations, travel agents might go under. You know, what we already saw pre-COVID, we saw the loss of Thomas Cook, uh, Monarch, BMI, Flybe, all sorts of airlines and travel industry um, bodies uh, were really struggling. And that that's something that, you know, we haven't even approached what's going to happen with the EU. There is actually currently no agreement in place for January. We're hoping that something will actually happen. So I think the travel industry are nervous. But I mean, this is, this is a start. And we're hoping that this global task force that the government have in place to address the issues with travel at the moment will bring in something. Like I said, by the December the 1st, we're hoping that actually the quarantine testing might reduce the quarantine to seven days. But that's still going to mean a very few amount of people can still quarantine for for those seven, those seven days. It's still quite a lot of time to take off school or off work unless you're retired or very, very flexible. So we are nervous, but hopeful that this is a step in the right direction. At least they have the rapid testing and that's what we're after. We just need to implement it when people come back into this country and to do it as quickly as possible. And that's The Leader. You can read more on those stories by picking up a copy of the newspaper or visiting standard.co.uk. And we also have morning briefings available at 7am through your smart speaker. Just ask for the news from The Evening Standard. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm. See you then.